Chapter 1 of Ned Franks, or The Christian's Panoply. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rene Lacroix. Ned Franks, or The Christian's Panoply, by Charlotte Maria Tucker. Chapter 1 Coming Home. "'You seem to be weary, my friend,' said Mr. Curtis, the vicar of Colm, stopping courteously to speak to a sailor who was seated on the stump of a tree at the side of the pathway. It was a glowing day in August. The air was hot and sultry, and dust lay thick on the road. Ned Franks, the sailor, rose on being addressed, and touched his glazed hat, on which appeared the badge of the anchor surmounted by a crown which showed that he had belonged to the royal navy he was a fine stalwart-looking young man scarcely thirty years of age with sunburnt cheek and thick curling hair and as mr curtis met the glance of his clear blue eye the clergyman thought that he had never looked upon a face more manly or pleasant i've walked twenty miles sir since sunrise said franks glancing at the bundle which he had been carrying on his stick across his shoulder and which was now resting against the stump from which he had risen but i'm nigh port now i take it if yonder's the village of colm are you going to visit it asked the vicar i'm going to drop anchor there for good sir answered the tar i've a sister a stepsister i should say living yonder she and i are all that are left of the family now and i'll make my home with her please god "'Surely you are too young to give up the navy, my friend. "'Idleness would be no blessing to a fine, strong lad such as you seem to be. "'You may have many years before you yet of good service to the Queen.' "'I shall never serve the Queen again, bless her,' replied the young sailor, with a touch of sadness. "'And Mr. Curtis then, for the first time, remarked that the left sleeve of Ned's blue jacket hung empty. "'But I don't like to be idle, sir,' continued Franks, in a tone more cheerful. Bessie will have my bit of a pension for the mess and the berth, and I'll see if I can't make myself useful in some way or other. Go errands, or maybe try the teaching tack. Anything would be better than lying like a log on the shore. Teaching, repeated the clergyman. What are you able to teach? Not many things, replied the sailor, with a smile. Reading, writing, arithmetic, and not much of them, neither. But I like a book when I can overhaul one and I usually make good way with the Yonkers. "'I well believe that,' said Mr. Curtis. "'I doubt not that you have many a good sea-story to tell, and a stirring adventure to relate. I see,' he continued, "'from the badge on your hat that you've served in the Queen. I dare say that you lost your arm by a Russian ball from a Sebastopol battery.' And the vicar looked with interest at the young seaman, picturing him at the post of duty amidst the smoke and din of a fight. "'No, sir,' replied Ned, frankly. "'I smashed my arm on shore, stumbling down an open cellar on a starless night.' Mr. Curtis slightly raised his eyebrows, and there was a little less interest in his manner as he inquired, "'And who is the sister with whom you are to live?' "'Bessie Pill, sir. She's a widow in these parts.' "'I know her,' said Mr. Curtis, rather dryly. "'She lives in the thatched cottage yonder, whose chimney you can just see over these trees.' I hope that she may make you comfortable, he added. It's not much, sir, that I want, said the sailor. 
a dry berth a wholesome mess and a welcome he who gets that may be thankful whether on sea or on shore i shall call and see you said the clergyman kindly and have a little talk with you on the other matters that those which concern but this passing life i shall be heartily glad sir replied ned again touching his glazed hat it's well to have someone to teach us how to steer twixt the rocks and the shoals i hope that we have both the same port in view said the clergyman i hope so answered ned franks cheerfully and as the vicar bade him good day he turned in the direction of his new home mrs peel's cottage stood a little retired from the dusty high road being divided from it by a bit of waste ground on which some pigs were feeding the ground was overgrown with nettles and straggling briars the dwelling was of mud with a roof of thatch green with lichen and moss under which as under heavy overhanging brows peeped two dots of windows like eyes the door stood open and within ned caught sight of his sister engaged in washing mrs peel was a tall bony woman with a habitual stoop clad in a rusty black dress with a cap which was rustier still broad lines of gray streaked her hair and ned's first feeling was that of painful surprise at the change which years had made he did not stop however to dwell on the past halloa bessie don't you know me he exclaimed as he quickened his pace and the next minute mrs peel had run out with her bare arms covered with soapsuds to welcome her younger brother she was followed by a lad about ten or eleven years of age a sharp wiry boy whose pointed upturned nose quick little black eyes and restless manner somehow suggested to the sailor's mind the idea of a weasel ned shook him heartily by the hand on hearing that this was his nephew dan and with a heart glowing with pleasure at being once more in a home the seamen entered the cottage accompanied by the peels now dan you take your uncle and show him his room while i ring these out and get a bit of something ready for dinner said bessie i hardly look for you so early ned she added addressing herself to her brother i was up with the lark answered the sailor dan looking up with curiosity in his keen small eyes toward the stranger whom he scarcely yet ventured to call uncle led the way to the back of the cottage where was a kind of garden if a place could deserve that name where nothing but sickly cabbages seemed to grow with a full crop of chickweed and groundsel between a small wood-house adjoined the cottage and over this was a little loft to be reached by a rough sort of ladder we're to go up the hatchway are we said ned mounting the ladder with a lightness and rapidity which surprised his nephew he had to stoop his curly head low as he passed through the entrance the door of which appeared never to have been intended to fit since even when shut it admitted as much light as a small one-paned window of greenish glass with a thick knob in the middle the loft was very small with walls unpapered and rafters uncovered a dirty mattress lay on the dirtier floor and a musty scent pervaded the place i can't say much for the berth thought ned it's not big enough to swing a cat in, and doesn't look as if the planks had ever been holy stoned i must set things a little ship-shape bessie poor soul has enough to keep her busy with her washing i must try if i can't make my one hand do the business of two the man of war's seaman accustomed to spotless cleanliness and neatness looked around on the miserable den with a mixture of disgust and good humour i'll rub up the bull's eye he said and get that door to fasten with something better than a piece of old rope 
and i'll try to knock up a bit of a shelf in that corner for i have a few books in that bundle of mine we'll soon have all tight and trim as a captain's cabin ned franks was to find that other things in his new home required setting to rights as well as his loft and that there are spots and stains harder to rub out than those on his walls and floor why don't you keep that garden in trimmer order asked the sailor as he descended the ladder followed by dan you might grow enough of potatoes and cabbages in yon slip to supply your mother half the year i've not a minute's time answered dan i look after sir lacy barton's cows lacy barton repeated ned why that's the name of one of our middies sir lacy has a son in the queen as i've heard what are you saying about sir lacy asked bessie peel catching the sound of the name as her brother and dan re-entered the kitchen that he has a son aboard my old vessel the queen that's a piece of luck for us cried bessie pausing in her occupation of cutting rashers from a fine large piece of bacon he's our landlord as sir lacy barton and he's thinking of pulling down our cottage to build the new school in his place and i'm mighty anxious to be in his favour tis a lucky chance that you've come and can tell him all about his son that depends on what i've to tell answered ned with a smile in some cases it's least said soonest mended i hope that none of the family will come to question me about young mr barton and the frank face of the sailor expressed more than his words as he remembered the doings of the most worthless youth on board of the man-o-war well if you was asked you'd say something pleasant i hope observed bessie i could not say what was false answered ned the words were simple enough but the decided tone in which they were uttered made bessie exchange glances with her son the boy shrugged his shoulders slightly and something like a smile rose to the corners of his lips the very straightforwardness of the sailor made him appear strange to those who had long mistaken cunning for wisdom and low deceit for sharpness end of chapter one coming home Recording by Rene Lacroix